Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you have the uh, the opportunity to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Tomar and the FCs. They're playing Saturday at the White Horse. Yeah, I like that, man. It's a nice groove right there. Way to start off the 5 o'clock. I uh, hope everybody out there is being safe. Uh, we know that it's probably a traffic Mageddon out there right now in the ATX. You got uh, the rodeos in town, South by Southwest starting up, kind of the tech portion of it. So a lot of people out there in the ATX enjoying the beautiful weather in the ATX as well. Speaking so, of the rodeo, I will tell you, we do have have a pair of tickets Ooh. to Florida at the rodeo on Monday that we're giving away, and you can register at hornfm.com. Whoa, talk about burying the lead, Patrick. Okay, so Florida tickets available, hornfm.com, register up there. I got I got word from KK before the show. We need wow. to tell the people. I didn't even know that. That folks, I had no idea. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> but blame Patrick. We should have been pumping Flow Rider from the jump today. It should have been a Flow Rider Friday. I, no. I could have added that to the intro. <laughs> should have been a Flow Flow Rider Friday. Have you ever man? met Flow Rider? Huh? Have you ever met Flow Rider? I've never met Flow Rider. I've, I've met Flow Rider. You've met Flow Rider? I've met Flow Rider before. And when, how did you meet Flow Rider? First a different of all? radio job. Oh, he came to the radio nice. gig. Is Flow Rider cool? He's all right. I mean, you can tell it's it's funny because he's one of those uh, he's one of those rappers that uh, definitely not a freestyler. Oh uh, yes, there are those. Yes, yes, yes. Because no, he come up and he's sense. like, he's like, I mean, I can't really perform and I can't do this. And and then Spiller asking him questions. He was doing a Q and A and then asking about it. He'd be like, Yeah, don't I don't really do that. Uh, you <laughs> know what? I'm glad he admitted. Like, nah, man, yeah. that ain't really what I it's do. It's not really my thing. Yeah, because there, there's some rappers who you know they're they're afraid to admit that they're, they they have no freestyle ability. It's like, no, it's okay. Admit that uh, you got to write it down. Like that's the way you operate. You got to write it down. I always says the difference between I always compare it Sark to a rapper that can't freestyle. Because his script is awesome. Yes. You let Sark write a script, and Sark's opening script's going to be money. Ooh, we It's yeah. fire. It's like, it's like Hove wrote that script, like Jay-Z. But then you're asking a freestyle after the script is over and improvise and adjust on the fly, and you sound like Flo Rida trying to freestyle. You sound like that. <laughs> and we got the text sign. Our buddy Souls Extolled are playing tonight as well. They're doing a show. They're not, well, I'm not playing them today because they get played a few other times during the show, and I got it planned out for another time. But nice. Souls Extolled is doing a big house party thing, which is another cool South by thing. They're doing a house party with a, like a five or six bands. Is it an, uh, it's, not, it's called a house party. It's not an actual house party. No, it's a house, and then they got like set up the band, and then uh, you buy a ticket, basically, and it's all-inclusive. So all your drinks and everything. They're so it's an right? actual house party? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I haven't been to a house party in a long but, time. But like, it's a nice house. Well, I know, but still, a house do, party yeah. though, like yeah. an actual. I'm not, not yeah. some of y'all are like, oh, I had a party. No, you didn't have a house. No, party. no, no. You had a party at your house. No, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a house party every you every gotta, Tuesday, first Tuesday. No, you no, don't. No. You have a party at your house. That's not a house party. No, someone has to have the kid and play haircut, or else you ain't got a house party. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? That movie is on my HBO Max. And I'm the afraid to watch it. The yeah. LeBron the one, one? LeBron-based house oh. party. I'm afraid to watch it. It seems like there's probably three or four good jokes in it. If you want to sit through 90 minutes for three or four good jokes. I'll take the under. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'd take the under if you had some three or four good jokes. I would take the under on that one, man. So, for real. Someone says Sark, Sark has a ghostwriter. <laughs> well done there to continue the, uh, the flow the flow rider there uh, analogy. I like that. Okay. We got a lot to get to. I want to talk. Oh, speaking of. This is random, though. We'll get to Texas basketball here in a second, and we'll also talk about the big story in sports because that was breaking news that Patrick broke just last a se- uh, couple of segments ago. Do you know that Shaq is performing at the Big 12 championship, the Big 12 tournament? 
Shaq is performing. He, he yeah. was hired and paid by the Big 12. Yeah. Like, Brett Yarmark has hired him. Yeah, he's played Stubbs before. Yeah. He's a DJ now. Well, I know, but it, no, con- like a conference hired him, though, it's, it's kind of new. I mean, he's played. I, I know he's I DJ. Know, he's DJ. I, it was DJ you know, Diesel. You know, Bill Self, because Bill Self had Snoop Dogg right. do he that did. pregame when they were going to suspend Bill Self and, and put You're all right. the sanctions. And he came out with strippers and shot money <laughs> and in fake, the crowd. Was it, they said it was fake money later. And I was like, oh, I don't care. It is <laughs> such a slap in the face. <laughs> That's how you know F U N C double A. That was a middle thing. What are you gonna do? We're Kansas. We're We're one of the best basketball programs in the country. What are you gonna do? Uh, You're right, you're damn right. And still, they are still (laughs) Kansas. (laughs) Exactly. But you're right, uh, Shaq Diesel did play like one of their shows or something. They did something and he played one of their shows. But yeah, Brett Yarmark, give Brett Yarmark credit, man. He is he's all about because Shaq is performing at the Big Twelve tournament. Him and Fat Joe. I don't know what that fat Joe thing. Uh, but basically, Brett Yarmark is talking about he wants the Big 12 to be the the nexus of sports and pop culture. So he's going to try to, you know, form a rock nation exec. He's going to try to fuse the two, pop culture and sports, the Big 12, baby. How you like that? You know. He got the, hey, he got the Big 12 anthem. He, he don't take the, a night off. No, over at the T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. I mean, I've not heard that. I, uh, that was not me just making up a song there. The, the, the it, Big 12. it sounded just as good. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to disparage a good name of PL like that. Exactly. For those, yeah. What's the, the rapper's name? PL? PL. For those who have not heard, uh, Brett Yarbrough also commissioned a Big Twelve tournament basketball anthem. So it's and it's PL, and it, I think the name of it is Night Off. There's no nights off. No nights off. No nights off. Whatever. Because they don't take any nights off, except for usually Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. But other than that, <laughs> no nights off. Oh, uh, but I, I like what Brett Yarmark's doing, man. He's already making moves. So uh, Shaq Diesel going to be performing at the Big 12 tournament. Okay, let's get to the big news. Then we'll get to Texas basketball. Big news is that the Carolina Panthers made a hell of a move. They made a huge move. They decided to go up all the way to the number one pick in the NFL draft, uh, trading two first-rounders and a second-round pick. And DJ Moore is also a part of this deal. Uh, DJ Moore uh, will be going to the Bears as well. So a significant amount of draft capital, but also a, a, a player, a starting player as well, ends up going to the Bears. Now the Bears, man, we'll get to the Bears here in a second, but, I mean, they're stockpiling a lot of draft capital, so they got no excuse now. They can really, really build around Justin Fields. But uh, So the compensation overall, number nine pick, number 61 pick, um, and a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and D.J. Moore. So essentially two firsts, two seconds, and D.J. Moore. That's what they get in exchange for the number one overall pick. I, as a Texans fan, I can tell you I am a little upset. First heard the news, I did. Thanks, Texter said, I think I heard Rod B. have a mini meltdown. <laughs> I heard the news, I did. I, I didn't expect the news, by the way. Patrick broke it. So I had a mini, mini meltdown. I was able to gather myself as a Texans fan. I think the Texans, this should have been the Texans in my opinion. The Texans have the draft capital. They have two first-round picks in this year's draft and in next year's draft. They have a ton of draft capital in the next two drafts. And if they really like their quarterback, whoever that quarterback was, they should have been moving up. But now it is Carolina. I'll give a lot of props to Frank Reich. I, I've always said this about Frank Reich. I thought Frank Reich was a good coach. I told you that too, Patrick. People was talking down on Frank Reich. I said, man, Frank Reich made the playoffs, what, two? He was there, what, five years? And he made the playoffs in two out of his yep. five years with a a carousel of quarterbacks every year. Remember, Andrew Luck retires. That's not his fault. But then he, Jacoby Brissett takes the role, and then they bring in Phillip Rivers. I think it's Carson Wentz in there. And then 
Matt Ryan. And truth is, they should have made the playoffs, I believe, three years because they Carson Wentz lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. That was, was like Urban Meyer's Jacksonville Jaguars, like a really bad Jacksonville Jaguars team. If they'd have won that game, they'd have made the playoffs that year too. So I think Frank Reich was a good coach, but the one of the unforgivable sins of uh, you know the football gods will not forgive that a coach can make is that you don't lock down your quarterback or you don't find the quarterback. That's like half the job at head coach and GM, find the quarterback. And every year they kind of went through a stopgap, went through a bridge quarterback. And like I said, he had varying degrees of success. But ultimately, the quarterback position represents job security for head coaches. And if you got a lot of instability at quarterback, and you got a lot of instability when it comes to your job security or job in insecurity, whatever it may be. You just don't have enough of it. And he did not. As soon as you know they had a really bad year at Matt Ryan, then he was out. I think the lesson learned from Frank Reich was, I got to find my quarterback. I think he convinced ownership at the, with the Carolina Panthers, we got to go find our quarterback, and we need to do it by any means necessary. That's exactly what they did. Texans should have had the same attitude. They did not. I do believe it's possible the Texans made a miscalculation. But your theory, Patrick, is that, Maybe, what? Maybe they're not going quarterback at yeah. all. I don't know. First of all, props to David Tepper for when you hired Frank Reich. I said it wasn't. It just seemed kind of boring. It's not boring anymore. Not boring because now you have an actual quarterback. Yeah. So props to David Tepper for pulling the trigger. If you're going to try and make the moves, make the moves. But yeah, I, I think the Texans now. You know, it they've they've always they went Mario Williams, they went Jadavion Clowney, they like they've always tried to go defensive line and get that edge rusher. I think they do that again. I'm not as sold on Will Anderson as some other people are, but that may be the pick. Uh, mm. And so I think they go edge rusher for uh, for the first round. Then once we get to 12, that's the question. Do you keep 12? Do you move back because you're saying, hey, man, we're maybe going for a quarterback later? And then I, it, I think you go up. To, I think they're going to sign Jimmy G or at least go after Jimmy G. And the question for Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, do you want to be a stopgap again at 31 years old? and sign a three-year deal, or are you trying to sign something longer and be the guy? Like Derek Carr didn't want to be a stopgap quarterback. That's why he didn't necessarily want to go to the Jets or go mm-hmm. to the Panthers or somewhere else or the or the the Commanders because they had another quarterback kind of in waiting. That's why he wins the Saints. I'm not sure if Jimmy G is going to want to go if the plan is to draft another quarterback the year after. Yeah, Texans could decide. They got a defensive coach. They went defense last year early on, first and second picks in the draft with Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie. Maybe they figure we built the secondary basically with foundational pieces. Now let's go build the front seven. And yeah, maybe they do go defense here. Maybe they figure it's either they're going defense or they like more than one quarterback in the draft. And they figure one of those quarterbacks they like will fall to them at number two. And maybe and maybe you also are right, Patrick, looking at Frank Reich's history Bryce Young doesn't doesn't look like his type. Everybody's got a type, right? I, if you go look at the history of the women I've dated, you probably say Robbie's got a type, right? He's got a type. He likes brunettes. He's got, got athletic figures, whatever it may be. I don't know what you'd find, actually. Um, I've I've kind of had the Rainbow Coalition in other women I've dated, but anyway, every, people usually have a type, especially when it comes to evaluations, especially when it comes to scouts and coaches. They got a type that they like, right? Sark likes what kind of receivers? Skinny, spinny, speedy receivers. That's just the kind of receivers he likes. What type of quarterbacks does Sark like? He likes pocket passing quarterbacks. You know what you know what your coach likes and his types. And the type of quarterback that Carson Wentz likes, as Patrick pointed out, it it looks like he 
favors or prefers pocket passing QBs. And Bryce Young, although can be a, is a pocket passing quarterback, he is more unconventional, meaning the size, the you know his his slight frame, if you will. And even his style of play are a bit unconventional. And I think Frank Reich wants more conventional. And that would go to a C.J. Stroud or a Will Levis. So maybe the yes. Texans know that, too. They're like We like Bryce Young, and we know Bryce Young's going to follow to us because even if they trade up to get the number one pick, they're not taking that guy. I yeah, and I mean, we saw, I mean, Frank Reich did draft Carson Wentz when he was the offensive coordinator at the Eagles when they drafted Carson Wentz. Okay. So, and then he so, went and got him again. And that's with the number two overall pick. So that was a quarterback, if we want to look at who he was involved with last time he drafted. Uh, Jared Goff went one. Carson Wentz went two. Not a great quarterback draft. Uh, uh, that was the one. Hey, also- Jared Goff is playing well now. No. Who's the best one? Dak Prescott, probably. Yeah. Out of that draft. Yeah. Because Paxton Lynch, yeah. Christian Hackenberg. Remember when we were all worried Bill O'Brien was going to take him? Oh. Because he had he recruited him at Penn State. Jerry wanted Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook, I believe, as well. Oh. Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Connor Cook. Jacoby Brissett also ended up with the with Frank Reich at one time. Yeah, that is, the there is not a lot of so Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz are your top three quarterbacks in that draft. So I mean, the Cowboys came out well on that one. The, the Cowboys, I always say, the Cowboys need to oh, they need to draft more quarterbacks. They actually yeah. are pretty good when they draft them. They drafted uh, what Mike White is with the Jets right now. Yeah. When the Cowboys decide to draft the quarterback, they actually aren't bad at it. They just don't draft enough of them. Uh, so that's the news <clears throat> coming from the NFL. Big news. We'll get back to that conversation, too. Uh, just a little bit of Texas basketball talk here. Texas with a big win over Oklahoma State last night. They got to take on the Purple Kryptonite tonight versus TCU. And we'll get to that. TCU with a big win over K-State. A lot of people had K-State pick to win uh, that matchup in the Big 12 tournament. But they forced 20 turnovers. I believe they were 11 of 25 from three-point range. Just when people started talking trash about TCU's lack of three-point efficiency. That's when they have, you know, an outlier performance, and they did that against K-State, and they came out on top. So Texas uh, facing TCU tonight, but getting back to the game, Patrick, versus Oklahoma State, I think the biggest storyline had to be the defense. I mean, the Texas defense was stellar. It was was suffocating. I mean, it was really one of their best defensive performances all year long. They held uh, Oklahoma State to 37% shooting, uh, sorry, they said 27% shooting from the field and 15% shooting from three-point range. I mean, they just put the clamps on Oklahoma State. Texas did not shoot great offensively. They only shot 37% from the field, so they went great, but their defense left no doubt and really put Oklahoma State out of their misery. Yeah, this was, I mean, they played well overall. Uh, Oklahoma State, the whole Caleb Boone thing, Caleb Boone has been a thorn in Texas' side for years and for whatever reason, he seems to have had a falling out there uh, with Mike Boynton and, and Oklahoma State, and he just wasn't. He's been moved to the bench. He came in, missed a lot of shots in the paint, just didn't seem like he was the same player that we played twice this season. So I, I, that was a huge help because that is a guy who, when, uh, when Oklahoma State had been struggling, had always been kind of the guy to keep them in games against mm-hmm. Texas. That Once you take that out of the equation, Texas was able to handle everybody else on the court so it was it was all around defense will travel. You have to have that intensity. They need to have it for 40 minutes. You can't lapse up on that because that was almost a game at the end in the fourth quarter. Right. It wasn't because they were able to keep it far enough out. But, yeah, you have to pay more attention to all your assignments and make sure. It's not like you were putting in Cole Bott and, 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 and uh, Cole and all those other guys 
You're not putting in the end of the bench where, yeah, the defense is going to start to suffer a little bit more because they just don't get playing time. Those guys are newer. You were you were still had your guys in the game, and they just started to get laxed on defense. So you you got to make sure you play a full 40 minutes because now you're going up against a TCU team that is really, really good. They're just playing well right now, TCU is. Yeah, they're they're finding their role. So I, I'm, I'm TCU is going to be – this one's going to be a tough game. Timmy Allen most likely not playing again. He was a big loss yesterday because they were just trying to find that mid-range game. You need a, you need a bucket. You just had your droughts where you need a bucket, and Timmy Timmy's a bucket. And, and I mean, bucket. and TCU watched that game last night, and they know, they know. All right, here's the things we need to do. We need a pump fake on all our threes. They were jumping at every pump fake, so let's let's pump fake as much as we can. Let's try and guard them on the perimeter and guard them in the post and leave mid-range and let them beat us at that before we really focus on coming out. As big men stay in the paint to try and get blocks, you I think you'll see that a lot from uh, from TCU tonight too. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, another, I, I think another storyline headline coming out of that performance versus Oklahoma State also was Dylan DeSue. Man, he is starting it's, to play his best basketball right he is, now. And I mean, that's as long as he fantastic. stays out of foul trouble. D- Dylan DeSue is a huge piece of what Texas does. We've just seen him in too many games get into foul trouble and play seven minutes, ten minutes of a game. And some of those minutes will be, you know, not as important of minutes. If he's able to stay in the game, he had three personal fouls. That's that's where you want to finish mm-hmm. games at, not even four, because then you have to start rotating him out. Christian Bishop didn't look great in that game, and so you need to see Dylan DeSue come out and play like that again, but they're going to be going right at him. Yeah, He needs to be smart, stay on his <laughs> feet, stay straight up and down, and not try to go for plays where there is no positive solution. It's a... You're too valuable on both ends of the court to be going for block shots and stuff when you don't need to. Like when when it's gonna be when it's gonna be a block shot or a foul. Like when it's it's a foul or a made basket, just let him get the basket. It's not where you're too valuable. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, he played a season high 32 minutes uh, and was a basically a game high plus 19 when he was on the floor in that win. 11 points, 11 rebounds, big game for Dylan DeSue. And last four games, he's averaging almost 14 points per game, six rebounds. He's playing some of his best basketball as well. Um, all right, so we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about Texas basketball and their matchup, Connor versus TCU, later on. And we come back, Roger, around the day. This is apparently uh, the biggest factor in determining success in the NFL, if you ask our friends over at Football Outsiders, we'll talk about that on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, Big story of the day, of course, is the big trade. Carolina Panthers moving all the way up to the number one overall pick, trading with the Bears, trading two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a player, DJ Moore, for the number one overall pick. And um, I believe my man Patrick pointed out to me, uh, ESPN, they are looking at some of the Vegas odds that are now shifting for who's going to be drafted number one overall. Um, you said C.J. Stroud right now? C.J. Stroud is the now the front runner. So, yeah, the theory of uh, you're looking at the type of quarterback that 
if Frank Reich prefers or at least his quarterbacks that he's had a hand in either drafting or choosing um, says that he prefers a more conventional prototypical quarterback you know, with functional mobility becoming all the rage, that's becoming tougher and tougher to just isolate and find a prototypical, you know, pocket passing quarterback. But the closest things to it in this draft class would be Will Levis and then CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud's kind of a mix of both. I mean, CJ Stroud can give you both. Uh, but definitely looking at the outliers among the quarterbacks, then you would definitely be looking at Bryce Young as one of those uh, potential outliers. So. That's the big news. Um, and I want to get into uh, something I saw today from uh, Football Outsiders. Remember, we discussed that the NFL did set a record this year for the most starting quarterbacks um, that have started a different different starting quarterbacks to start a game this past season. I mean, the number was like 68 or 69. Uh, even if they didn't have the 17th game, they still would have started you know, more had more different starting quarterbacks this season than any other season. They still would have set the record. So they did it by a long ways. Teams need to start prioritizing uh, the backup quarterback. But injuries, they just play such a huge role, period. And football outsiders have what they call their adjusted games loss, uh, the AGL statistic. And essentially, it's a deep dive analytical metric about injuries and how many games overall a team loses based on player injury and I believe it's based on the players that are on that roster and it it does show you that some teams although you know they may have regressed or had down years because of injuries at specific positions or just because of you know coaching change bad scheme different things one of the the key factors just in success in the NFL is just trying to stay as healthy as you can so I went and looked at, looked at the adjusted games lost <clears throat> in the NFL this year uh, for uh, basically the top 10 most affected teams by injuries, adjusted games lost. Denver, 148 games, basically 148.6 uh, adjusted games lost. Um, and they, and this is like, and injuries to all different players are, are throughout their roster for the 17 different games. Uh, Tennessee, 122. The Rams, 119. These are all teams that had significant regressions, but also underachieved, right? We, the expectations were high for Denver. People thought they were a Super Bowl contender. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they always had relatively high expectations, and the Rams had the biggest drop-off for a Super Bowl champion in the history of the NFL. Arizona was supposed to achieve more. They're fourth on this list at one with 113. And Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Bucks. They're also at 113. So they're fifth in terms of adjusted games lost in uh, 2022. And they just got looking at the teams that benefited the most uh, from injury luck, I should say. Pittsburgh, actually, they were first in uh, the fewest adjusted games lost. So the fewest, uh, or at least the best injury luck, or the fewest games affected by injuries. Jacksonville was second. Jacksonville was probably the biggest surprise team, or one of the biggest surprise teams of the NFL. Philadelphia was a playoff team two years ago, but went to the Super Bowl this year. Philadelphia was third. Only 42 games lost because of injury. And Kansas City was fourth. Kansas City was right there. They were fourth in adjusting. So it's 
it, it, you start looking at it, that's a big part of it. Even when you go back and look at Tom Brady's Super Bowl year, I remember when the Bucks went to the Super Bowl and one of the biggest factors that helped them out was the luck, the injury luck that year. They were the best team in the NFL, or at least they had the fewest amount of games lost due to injury. Best injury luck in the league that year. Uh, the Rams, when they won the Super Bowl, the Rams had, were top five. They were fifth best in injury luck. You got to have that injury luck. It, it, there's no question about it. it. Now, you can help yourself because if your quarterback gets hurt, it helps to have a backup uh, like the Cowboys did. Cooper Rush did a great job for the Cowboys. So it also tests the depth of your roster, right, the overall depth of your roster. Because if you get a lot of guys hurt and you can still compete at a high level, just says your roster is extremely deep. The 49ers are a prime example. 49ers, how about this? In adjusted games loss, the 49ers have ranked below 20th in adjusted games loss for 10 straight seasons. I don't know what the hell's going on with the 49ers and their training staff. I really don't. Like the, the 49ers have been dealing with major injuries, probably more so than any other team in the NFL in the last decade. It's been going on for a while. Like I said, that they're they're ranked. 20th or below, below 20th in adjusted games lost for 10 straight years. <clears throat> Washington has been there for nine straight seasons. It kind of makes sense with Washington, though. San Francisco 49ers are a better run franchise in Washington. They should have better trainers. They should have, a, you know, they have a deeper roster. That's, that's obvious because the 49ers are one of the most injury-riddled team in the league, and yet they still compete. Go to NFC title games, deep playoff runs. Arizona has ranked 20th or below in adjusted games loss for seven straight seasons. And Denver has ranked in the bottom 10 for four straight seasons. So the thing to look at about Denver is Sean Payton can come in there and kind of overhaul the entire culture and also he'll bring in a new training staff and bring in a new strength and conditioning staff that also can help out you know, the durability with players. Man, last year nobody was affected more by injuries. And injury luck has a way of, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things. It's, it's hard to have injury luck bad or good consistently that many years in a row. That's why it's San Francisco 49ers being 20th in adjusted games loss is just remarkable. Uh, for 10, 20th or a blow in 10 straight seasons, it's remarkable to have that much bad injury luck. But watch out for Denver next year. I know it sounds crazy. If, if, if Sean Payton can revitalize and resuscitate Russell Wilson's career, they were decimated by injuries, more so than any team in the league. Uh, the, four, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans were middle of the road. They're 18th and 14th. So they're, yeah. It didn't really determine their season one way or the other, being overwhelmingly affected by injuries, bad or good. Uh, Atlanta, another outlier, they've ranked in the top, top dozen for adjusted games lost in seven of the last eight seasons. So they've been one of the healthier teams in the NFL. still meant nothing. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo is actually, they've been lucky. They've been above average in adjusted games loss for six straight seasons, so they should have been cashing in on that too. And considering they got a, a running quarterback that is as physical a runner and irresponsible of a runner that he is, they haven't lost him either, knocking on some wood. Pittsburgh, top 10 in adjusted games loss in six last se- seven seasons, and the Rams had been top 10 uh, for six straight seasons until they crashed in 2022. Got to have the injury look. And it's, it ain't all luck. You can make your own 
if I was the 49ers, I'd probably be trying to study what we could do differently. And you know what? One thing I think that affects the 49ers too, they are one of the more physical teams in the league. And I think, you know, being a physical team, yeah, that there's also some, you know, some da- a downside to that, a byproduct of that is I think you end up with more guys getting hurt too. Physical style of play. Remember this year, every opponent except for the Eagles, every opponent that played the 49ers lost the next week. Yeah. No opponent that played the 49ers won the, the week after they played the 49ers or the next game. Yeah. It's it's it just it's brutal to play on. Well, it's just physical. And but it's, it, they hurt themselves a lot of times. They too. do because it's an old school thing and you hear this with football players a lot mm-hmm. and you, this was the thing that you'd hear about with wrestlers is back when wrestlers used to wrestle seven days a week, right? Yeah. They were basically our body was one big callus. So as long as you kept doing it, you were fine. Mm. But the moment you stopped, everything falls apart. And football players, if you would watch like Deacon Jones, it's a perfect example. Deacon Jones was this feared defensive lineman. And if you saw him at 45 years old, that dude looked like he was 80. Because it was just like, it was just one callus. He played nonstop and just never let it go. And then all of a sudden they're like, you're not going to hit anybody for a while. Now a strong wind could take you out. That's a great point. And so now the guys now never build up those calluses. So it's like a guitar Hmm. player, every time he plays, he's bleeding out of his fingers because he never builds up the callus because they're trying to prevent long-term damage, which is a good thing to be like, hey, man, we want you to be able to walk with your children and play games with your kids and be able to walk when you're 50 years old. But the price for that is you're going to have way more smaller injuries of breaks and tears and everything else Yeah, because you just are not – your body's not conditioned to do it every single day. No, that's a great point. I haven't thought about that, but you're right. And, yeah, and like I said, 49ers are always – at the bottom of this list. Because they're with, playing old school football. So yeah, new school football guys get new school injuries of, hey man, 280 pound guys are not supposed to be able to run and jump the way you are. Like the Zion Williamson injuries where you're like, yeah, you, you your body's not meant to do this. So your tendons are the same as what you're supposed to be, but you put so much muscle mass on them. That's the new school injuries. 49ers get a lot more of the old school injuries of tears and rips and stuff of just contact injuries. Because they play a brutal style of football, which is old school football, but old school guys used to be a giant callus. Yeah, I, that's a honestly, I love that theory. That's a great theory. And yeah, the Forty Nine ers there, in terms of their rank, they're twenty fourth in injury luck this past season. They were twenty ninth in, if you kind of look at it, uh, in twenty twenty one, they were twenty ninth. And they, yeah, it, it, every year's like that for them. So, to your theory, your callous theory, Patrick, it it holds a lot of water when looking at the the Forty Niners and their history. And it's like this goes before even my man Shano, but before Shano, think about before that, that was Harbaugh. Like a couple, they had yeah. Chip Kelly in there before then, like a Tom Sula. But then before that, it was Harbaugh, who was also I mean, very how many physical. guys retired early because of yeah, Harbaugh? Because how physical the team yeah, was, and it's just brutal. And, and you had to play another. You, and by the way, I wouldn't doubt they had to do that because they were going up against the Legion of Boom. Yeah. You had to be physical. Legion yeah. of Boom was physical well, as hell. Because Legion of Boom was speed physical, too. Mm. Like, they were the, they the were impact. Physical. yeah. And 49ers have been a lot of not – it's not so much impact as it is wearing down of – because it's a lot more D-line. It's like, Legion force. of Boom was more linebacker they built and secondary. It, they built the Legion of Boom from the outside in. Yes. Shano and, builds his teams from the inside out. Yeah, and so did Harbaugh. Yeah, And exactly. so you, you had those kind of – that difference mm. of what kind of wear totally and tear agree. you put on your body. That's yeah, 
So anyway, I didn't, oh, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think Patrick's theory, I love his uh, callous theory. That's a good one, too. Um, hopefully I'll share it with my boy Shannon. I don't know if it'll help at all. <laughs> you uh, can't really do it? <laughs> I don't know anymore. if you can do it. But, th- but it show you how deep they are, though. They do. And by the way, the Ravens are also one of the teams that deals with a ton of, they, they just they have bad injury luck, too. So on top of... You know, the Ravens having all of the, the issues with the lack of supporting cast for Lamar Jackson. And, yes, Lamar Jackson having his own injuries. They've had some of the worst injury luck in the NFL, too. Just in the last, I would say the last three years, the Ravens are among the most injured teams in the league in kind of like the last well, three and then years. And in that players poll, their like strength room and training room got really mm-hmm. low reviews. Yeah, yeah, you could be right about that. So they may yeah. have they may have bigger issues of the the staff not and people not being told to report injuries and that kind of because that's another thing. Kansas City had that. Yeah, you Kansas City players said they were scared to speak up about injuries. Yes. So yeah. there's like that. That's a prevalent thing in football and yeah. well in any sports. Yeah, Baltimore twenty fifth in twenty twenty two in injury luck. They were thirty second in twenty twenty one. They had the worst injury luck in the league in 2021. Yeah. And I bet 2020, if I looked at it, 2020 is very similar for them too. So they've just had – that's another thing. that Baltimore plays your callous theory though. Hardball. It's, like your, it's your another hardball. It's a, your, it goes to your callous theory though. It does. Like They play a really tough brand of football – and yeah, I mean, they can just beat you in a submission. That's it. it's you live in Austin, so everybody knows a guitar player. Ask a guitar player if you were to play for five hours straight once a week, you'd be like, "Yeah, my fingers will bleed every single time I did it because I'm not building up calluses on my fingers." You have to have more impact. NFL is not allowed to have as much contact in practice now to allow that kind of buildup. It, it's there. I don't know. There is an easy solution to it, but you have to find somewhere in the middle, or these injuries will continue. Um, yeah, I have to do that with. I think football players sometimes do that with their feet. Yeah, you got soft feet, like you gotta get calluses on. You got to get a couple yeah. of blisters on them joints, oh, yeah. and then get them real rough, and then you'll be all right. Uh, but also to that point, you ever seen the movie Whiplash? Yeah. Oh, it's a great movie. But yeah, yeah he did that with the drums. Like he's yeah. basically till they, what, they blood. Yeah. Blood no, on, yeah. I mean that's and I, I see it's <laughs> blood you know, on the kit. Everybody knows everybody has a drum kit with blood on it or with <laughs> a bass or a guitar. In it. Because there's a point where you play too much. Like you're like, I'll have seven gigs this week. Like South by. So like, I'll do seven gigs. And you're like, I, you don't practice enough before it. So you don't build up your calluses. Ooh. It's just, it's that theory as the whole. I love it. I love your callus theory, man. Like I said, I think, it's, I think it holds water. But I don't know if there's a solution, like you said. That is but the it's problem. A good, it's a good theory, but I don't know if there's a solution to it. All right, we come back. We will get into, well, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll bump off the record, get back to the top story of the day, uh, which is the big trade that the Panthers made to get the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, 512 Friday. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is She-Verb. They are playing Saturday at Central Machine Works. All right. There you go. If you miss any of these selections for 512 Friday, please go check out hornfm.com. My man Patrick, he uh, play, he puts them up there for you in case you might have missed them. Um, and you can go look really smart, look really cool in front of all your friends. Like, you know, where all the cool bands are, where all the hot spots are. Really, it's just Patrick. He is in the know. All right. Um, well... 
uh, this 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 news about the Panthers is not good news for the Texans. I said it when the news broke. I said, oh, this is bad news for the Texans. The Panthers trading up to the number one overall pick, um, trading a two first, two seconds, and uh, DJ Moore, the wide receiver, to the Bears in exchange for that number one overall pick. Here is what uh, Danny Kelly is uh, tweeting out. Danny Kelly is a senior staff writer for The Ringer, and he works on their NFL draft show. He tweeted out uh, 10 minutes ago, Panthers beat reporting Carolina likes multiple quarterbacks and could even trade back if they get interest. What? So basically this is a message to the Texans like hey Texans Yes, we like we like multiple quarterbacks. Like I think I hypothesize the Texans might like multiple quarterbacks too, and don't care who they take with the number one overall pick because they're going to have one of the quarterbacks that they covet at number two. But if the Panthers are saying that they like both quarterbacks too, that that means they're enticing either the Texans or some other team who has fallen in love with one of those quarterbacks to trade it all or at least trade a ton of draft capital to give them their capital back that they gave to the Bears for the number one overall pick. Wow. So, Texans, I told you you screwed it up. You should have just traded for the number one overall pick. Or, better yet, you should never be in this position. So you should have lost the last game to the Colts, and then you would have had the number one overall pick. But since you didn't do that, you should have traded up for the number one overall pick. But now you are at the, the mercy of whoever decides to trade up for that pick right now, it's the Carolina Panthers. It could be another team. It could be the Colts. It could be the Colts. It could be the Colts. They could oh. move back to four, and they could still, if he's a Will right. Levis guy. You're right. They and if he, because like, he was a Carson Wentz guy, so if he's a Will Levis guy, then he could still get Will Levis at four. Wow. And they take whoever you want, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud at one. I mean, you're not out of it at two, but this, again, you don't if control the Texans, your own fate, If though. the Texans don't make a move, it seems to me that they are going to go defense, that they have already set their mind in one way, that they're not playing this game, they don't want to give up draft capital for these quarterbacks, which I can understand. You saying, mm. like, I like Bryce Young a lot, but I understand the flip side of he may not be what you may not be able to think he may not be able to play the long term. We just talked about San Francisco's injury problems. If they want to play that style, they may say, Bryce Young may not be the guy for us because he is a smaller guy. And I know you never want your quarterback taking that many hits, but they may be more worried about that in the injury side with Bryce Young. That's what you're saying. I get moving off a year on it, but eh, you just all you had to do was lose that game. All you had to do was lose that game. You, you pulled the Houston Texans. You did what you did because wow. you're a dysfunctional fuster cluck of a franchise. They did like the Oilers, which <sighs> is they came from behind to lose. <laughs> they came from ahead to lose, which is they had the number one pick and lost it. By the way, did you see that Titans are going to wear Oilers jerseys? Yes. Is that make you as mad as it makes me? No, I'm not as upset about it. That because you know what? It's because Bud Adams. It's his family still, and I'm like, you don't deserve. You move the team. You don't get. You don't deserve this. I know they still own the rights to all the Oilers. Like all <sighs> the all. What, what upsets me is the records. Uh, they yeah. own the Oilers records, like the their Titans slash Oilers records. Yeah, They're not I don't Houston like records. I don't like it. One so bit. Earl Campbell's rushing records, it's yeah. all Titan stuff. No, I don't like that. I don't like it. So yeah, I'm with you. It's like insane. at least the Ravens were classy when they left Baltimore in the middle of the night or left Cleveland in the middle of the night. That they like, they're still a Browns. Mm. They let him have it back. 
Yeah, the Titans. I'm oh, with you. I don't, I like, don't it. like it. I don't like it one bit. And they're not even wearing. I, don't, I hope they wear the cool uniforms at least. They, well, they, they. You know what they need to wear? The they, Tennessee Oilers uniforms, because that's the only team that played in Tennessee <laughs> is Oilers. They wear a Houston <laughs> uniform. Yeah, you're right. They could do Tennessee. You're right. They could do that Tennessee Oilers thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't listen. I don't like this at all. I just don't like it because the Texans. They are now. Uh, they don't control their own fate, and they're allowing for other variables now. More and more variables. Multiple variables to control what happens in the draft. But more and more, I'm starting to believe, Patrick, you may be on to something that maybe they're not even going quarterback in the draft. Because if, if I'm going quarterback in the draft and I have the draft capital the Texans do, as much draft capital, if not more, than damn near any team in this draft, um, I'm going up to go get my quarterback. Oh, over the next two drafts, I should say. Um, I'll go get to my quarterback because I know over the next two drafts you have four first-round picks. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, if you're going to think Jimmy G, I think the only other team that you really have to compete with would be the Raiders. I think that's the only other team you're competing with because everyone else is going to be waiting for the draft or they're going to be waiting for or they're going to basically be looking for somebody else. I don't think there's another team that would that would be their first option. Or you know what? Just go balls to the wall. Go trade for Lamar and go sign Lamar Jackson to a guaranteed deal. They're Have not, fun that way. They're not trading for Lamar I know. It ain't even, after, listen, they won't even trade up for the number one overall pick. They're no. definitely not trading for Lamar Jackson. No. They don't really have any. There's no riverboat gambler. In these there Houston Texans, not, no. So they're gonna stay. I can't believe they're just they're just gonna stay at number two and let the chips fall where they may. That's that's just, that's just the attitude. Let the chips fall where they may. We're at number two. It's not like I believe the Texans are savvy enough to know or be able to predict what's going to happen. They don't have that type of savvy leadership over there. They don't. And I like Nick Casario. But to say that they know exactly what's going to happen, nobody does. They are going out on blind faith that they'll get their guy or a guy they like at the number two pick. And they may. They, they may. They may very well get that. But it just shows you the mentality of the organization overall. This is a very passive, um, I don't know, it's a very passive and very casual attitude about um, securing your future. Yeah. I'm not thrilled with it. Right? I'm, like, not, I'm not even a Texans fan anymore, and I'm still yeah. not thrilled with it. Exactly. It All just right. it seems like you don't know what you're doing. And maybe you do, and maybe you're Kaiser so saying everything. <laughs> but I got to see it to believe it, man. Great, great reference there. We're going to end it on the nice reference there. If you don't know the Kaiser so say reference, then you got to Google it. We'll come back. We'll have the last hour right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.